Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Bob Lowe, president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. And up first in today's country comment, we're joined once again by Chuck Penner with Leftfield Commodity Research. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Today, we throw things over to Glenda Lee Allen-Vossler. Today on the show, we continue with our focus on the markets. Joining me once again, Chuck Penner, president of Leftfield Commodity Research. And Chuck joined me yesterday when we focused in on canola. Let's switch things up now and talk about what we saw happening in the pulse market and your thoughts going forward. There was some hope earlier on that uh, because pulses tend to do better in a, in a little bit drier year, uh, that the yields uh, wouldn't suffer as much this year. And of course, uh, yields for canola, or for sorry, for lentils and for peas uh, were down just as much as things like uh, canola and wheat. Uh, and so there wasn't the disease issues that normally uh, hurt yields, but they, the, uh, the pod fill and, and so on just wasn't uh, what we had hoped. So that is, um, has also caused... Uh, prices to to rally uh, not to record levels but to to rally to some pretty high levels uh, the one exception uh, where there is uh, record prices would be yellow peas and uh, and again uh, some of that demand is isn't necessarily from offshore markets from china let's say it's more from the us where uh, and and domestic in canada where some of these processing facilities have cropped up in the last year or so and so that's helped uh, push yellow pea prices up to some very high levels. Uh, the the lentil market is is still quite quite strong again based on the the drop in in the Canadian crop, and the demand is coming from places like India uh, and Turkey and and in a number of other uh, smaller countries. So that's been very that's been very positive. Although there are a few warning signals about uh, lentil demand uh, from India and some of the economic uh, crisis that's going on in Turkey uh, isn't helpful for uh, for lentil demand. So, so there are a few. Uh, I don't even know if I call them clouds, but uh, it's not quite as bright and sunny on the demand side for for lentils. Looking ahead, the next number of months. So we've had a pretty good fall, uh, and I wouldn't say that the market is is ready to to turn lower, but uh, some of the extreme bullish ideas from earlier uh, may need to be tempered a little bit. Talking about bullish markets, uh, wheat and Durham definitely fall into that category, right? Well, absolutely. Durham especially is has really taken off, uh, and that's because the, the Canadian and the U.S. crop both were hit uh, very severely by the drought. Uh, and again, supplies were relatively tight even before this year. Uh, there wasn't uh, much of an increase in the European crop. They're the other big supplier. Um, and so, yeah, we have uh, Durham bids that are routinely over $20 a bushel. And so that's been, that's been very, very positive. The wheat side has, has also been very, very strong. Um, although there is a little more um, substitution ability in, uh, in with other types of wheat, let's say, or more from the Australian crop or Argentine crop now. And so those are 
those are um, limiting the upside on the market, on the wheat market right now. But still, historically, very, very high prices uh, and um, and providing some very, very good returns. Other highlights the, that you would like to leave with producers today? Flax at $45 a bushel <laughs> certainly has to be a highlight of this year. I mean, there's a number of crops um, like that canary seed at 50 cents, uh, mustard in um, dollar and a quarter a pound. Um, and some of these, uh, there simply is uh, nothing left in farmers' bins. So even if those prices were to double or triple, it, it really nobody would really be able to capitalize on them because there's almost nothing uh, left out there. Um, but it sure has um, uh, raised some, some expectations and so on. I've been talking with Chuck Penner, president of Leftfield Commodity Research, for Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glendalee. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Due to current health restrictions, organizers with Manitoba Ag Days have decided to postpone the 2022 show, which was scheduled to take place next month in Brandon at the Keystone Centre. Here's show general manager Kristen Phillips. When the regulations and orders came out to go down to 250 people per event, that just obviously doesn't work with a farm show of our magnitude. And we want to make sure that we're putting on a safe and secure show for everyone. And so at this point, we're going to postpone our date. Philip says tickets sold for Manitoba Egg Days will be honoured for the rescheduled event once the new dates are confirmed. And CAP President Bill Campbell is happy to turn the page on 2021. He says the CFA's Hay West program was one of the bright spots, helping producers in the West deal with the feed shortage caused by the drought. I encourage producers, if they're having uh, concerns about their inventory of feed, to get a hold of Hay West. Uh, that's a very, very positive message that the collaboration between the East and the West and producers in uh, Eastern Canada that have excess hay to be able to transport it. And that's been the significant hold up is the transportation, but it looks like that's going to be covered. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, December 30th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Canadian Cattlemen's Association President Bob Lowe. Joining me on the program today is the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, Bob Lowe. Now, I had a chance to talk with Bob before Alberta's case of that atypical BSE case. So we didn't have a chance to really talk about it. But as everybody in the industry is saying, it just goes to show that the system we have in place is actually working. Moving on to our year-end interview then now, joining me, CCA President Bob Lowe. Bob, let's start by taking a look at the challenges for the beef sector in 2021. Of course, the big one, the drought, and and I suspect probably the drought caused the fires in BC, but fires in BC, the drought in, from western side of Ontario west was kind of a it was it well it took up a lot of time a lot of effort and a, a lot of mental anguish from producers when you get a drought as big i mean we're we're all familiar with droughts but not one that basically covers western north america so it's not a matter of going 100 or 200 miles to find feed you go the hay west program from the east coast and we're bringing corn up from iowa 
When we talk about the highlights for 2021, of course, that Hay West program had to definitely be a relief for producers. It was. Um, you know, if you were one of the people that got some hay that could have made the difference between having to sell off part of your herd or all of your herd. Uh, it's just kind of nice to know that in spite of this 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 uh, society of re- regionalism anymore, farmers are actually thinking on a national basis. And the last I heard... It was. It affected somewhere just under seventeen thousand cows, and they've got a they've got a hundred million more pounds of hay to get out to the west if they can get it there. So, so it's by the time it's all said and done, it'll be a pretty substantial contribution. A big struggle, not only for producers in in trying to find feed, having to look at at selling the animals off that they couldn't get enough feed for. When you walk into the grocery store and you see the price of beef, and then you hear that the producer isn't getting their fair share of that markup. The price of beef in the in the store is is not relevant to the price that producers get on the farm. It's it's a supply and demand issue, and right now the demand for beef on a global basis is huge. So that's where the price at the store, where, where that price is coming from. And the the reason, the, you know, the big reason the producers aren't getting their, if you want to call it fair share of that margin, is because we've got a lot of cattle, or we've had a lot of cattle. Processors bid lots of cattle around them, so they didn't have to bid as high as we would have liked. And on the other side of things, when the meat went out the other end, it was in huge demand. So they, the retailers bid that right up. Um, right now, what's happening is we've watched, we're watching the U.S. herd turn down. They're actually in the shrinking phase, which puts a little bit more beef on the market for a little while as farmers are are sending more of their replacement heifers to town. But the tide is turning. Australia is virtually out of cattle. On a global basis, there's not a lot of cattle in the world. So in in our base in North North America, it's the U.S. industry is turning down in numbers. That's just going to do nothing but lower the volume of cattle that are available for the packers to choose from, which will raise the price. We will, you know... I saw a chart that really made a lot of sense from cattle facts in the States, and it showed the profitability of the cattle industry. And it's as high as it's ever been. Right now, all those profits are just aligning in one particular area, for the most part, which is the packing industry. But that's going to turn around, and those profits are going to be redistributed throughout the rest of the industry. I see, you know, barring droughts and things, I see nothing but Nothing but a really bright future for the cow-calf industry. I've been talking with the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, Bob Lowe. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Ag Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.
Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Agriculture is offering environmental farm plan workshops over the winter. These will take place online. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, the Manitoba Agronomist Conference was held earlier this month. One of the speakers was Anastasia Kubinek with Roquette. What I'm going to be talking about today is the field pea challenges that we saw in 2021 and then some tips for 2022. So as lots of you know, um, the pea fields have really increased when we start looking at the landscape in Manitoba. Just a few little stats. So back in 2017, when I think Terry Buss was talking about why not 300,000 field peas in Manitoba and is it possible, we were sitting at about uh, 65,000 acres. So for 2021, we're actually at about 212,000 acres. So it has dramatically increased. And with that, um, you know, we see a lot more peas everywhere in Manitoba. We've seen a lot of unusual things, especially last or this year with the dry weather. And there's a few things to look forward to in the future to make sure that if you are planning on growing peas or your clients are, you can set them up for success. So first of all, no surprise to anybody, peas actually need some rain to get yield. So our average yields in Manitoba from 2015 to 2020, based on crop insurance, are about 47. Um, my best guess, and I will see if Yield Manitoba tells me uh, whether or not I was correct, is probably about 36 bushels an acre this year. And that's going from the fields that really had no yield to some of the fields in our northwest region that actually had really great yield. But unfortunately, lots of the areas of the province does not get the rain at the right time and it did not contribute to the yield that we wanted. And really, the worst affected areas corresponded to the areas with the least amount of rain. That was pretty common for any crop, whether it be canola, wheat, peas. We just needed that rain to get those yields coming. So pea yields, where does it come from? Well, no surprise, you need plants, you need pods, you need seeds, and that gives you the yield. So this is just a really rough estimate of kind of what we're looking at when it comes to plant stands, pods, seeds, and what that could contribute to yield. And where I'm leading with this is I'm really going to talk about plant stands because that was something that I saw as a huge indicator in May of what we would be expecting for yields when it came to August. So the lower your plant stand count, so we have here four up to seven, and I know our expected range is we'd really like that seven to nine plants per square foot. Um, it increases dramatically when you go up for those plant counts. So plant counts are really important. And that is really something that if we can start off right and make sure we're really targeting those live plants coming out of the ground, we're really going to set ourselves up for success, honestly, regardless of the weather that we're going to get later on in the season. So poor live plant stands, that was the biggest issue that I saw this year. I saw lots of guys that if all of their seeds came out of the ground and everything was fantastic, they would have been getting nine plants per square foot. That's what they targeted. Our more common plant stand was probably five. And there was a lot of things that went to do or contributed to that. So here I have here just a really quick indicator. When your producers or you yourself are planning on peas this year, some big things to ask for, your thousand kernel weight. Pea seed this year is a bit smaller. So take that into consideration when you're figuring out how many seeds you need or how many bushels an acre you're gonna to plant to get your desired plant stands. So I just made a really small chart here. I just have our desired population of seven or eight, or here's your plants per acre. And then coming back here, this is kind of the seed size that I would expect you're gonna find anywhere from 220 to probably 240. 
Uh, and then ask for your germination. You need to take that in consideration because if you have seeds that you're planting that aren't going to germ, they're not coming out of the ground, um, take into consideration a little bit of survival. And we're going to talk about what contributes to survival in a couple minutes. But figure that out and then base that um, seeded bushels per acre on that, not just your standard three. So if we're getting a little bit larger seed, you might have to plant a little bit more. Smaller seed, you might need to plant a little bit less. That was Anastasia Kubinek with Roquette. She was one of the speakers earlier this month at the Manitoba Agronomist Conference. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. While 2021 was a difficult year for many farmers, CAP President Bill Campbell says there were a few bright spots. We've had uh, some movement on BRMs that we had the removal of the reference margin limit, I think, which is significant. We had the announcement of the agri-recovery programs and some uh, changes to MASC to be able to deal with uh, our crop um, inventories and production this year. So I think, you know, those are some very positive steps forward. Campbell says another highlight from the past year was changes made to the federal government's railway crossings, establishing a low-grade crossing regulation. And organizers with Manitoba Ag Days have made the difficult decision to postpone the 2022 show, which was scheduled to take place in January in Brandon at the Keystone Centre. The decision was made following the announcement of reduced capacity limits. Here's Ag Day's general manager, Kristen Phillips. I feel so bad for all of our exhibitors. You know, it's been a long two years of trying to get back to an in-person farm show, and we really believed we could deliver on that. And we put all the plans and processes into place. And so it is. It's disappointing and frustrating, but we know that we're making the right decision to postpone. And uh, when we're back, we'll be better than ever. Phillips says tickets sold for Manitoba Egg Days will be honored for the rescheduled event once the new dates are confirmed. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from Canadian Federation of Agriculture President Mary Robinson. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.